Welcome to Smart in the City, the Babel podcast where we bring together top actors in the smart city arena, sparking dialogues and interactions around the stakeholders and themes most prevalent for today's citizens and tomorrow's generations. I am your host, Tamlin Shimizu, and I hope you will enjoy this episode and gain knowledge and connections to accelerate the change for a better urban life. Smart in the City is brought to you by Babel Smart Cities. We enable processes from research and strategy development to co-creation and implementation. To learn more about us, please visit the Babel platform at babel-smartcities.eu. So welcome to another episode of Smart in the City. I'm sitting in the beautiful city of Leuven in Belgium, uh, situated just around 25 kilometers outside of Brussels. Um, I know I say this a lot, but today is a very special episode. <laughs> um, it is brought to you by the Spanish network of smart cities, Resi. Um, our Spanish followers might remember that uh, from our episode in Spanish that we did, if you want to go listen to that one. And um, we are also supporting them in facilitating the exchanges through the medium of the podcast between Spanish cities and other European cities. So this is the, actually the first occasion that our guests have met each other. So I'm really excited to have this conversation uh, together with you on the podcast. Um, and I'm very glad to introduce them to you today. So first, I would like to introduce you to our city host today, uh, David Dessers. He's the Deputy Mayor of Mobility, Climate and Sustainability, Agriculture and Consumption for the city of Leuven, Belgium. Welcome onto the show, David. Hello. Nice to have you here and nice. Thanks for welcoming us here. Nice to have you here in Leuven. Uh, <laughs> it's always uh, a pleasure to uh, meet uh, people uh, here in Leuven. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to later today getting to explore more of Leuven. We just came from straight from the train station, so we mm -hmm. haven't seen much, but it's beautiful view here. Also, by the way, outside of David's office. So mm -hmm. um, wonderful. So his counterpart today in the episode is visiting Leuven for the first time, and I'm really thrilled to have him here. Um, his name is Manuel Gonzalez. He's a chief information officer for the city of San Felu de Llobregat in Spain. Welcome, Manuel. Thank you. Welcome to. <laughs> Thanks so much for you both coming on. So um, usually we get started with the podcast with a little bit of a teaser question to get warmed up. And that question is, what do you think you both have in common? David? <laughs> well, it's the first time that I meet uh, Manuel, so it's not so easy to know what we have in common. I think what we have certainly in common is that it's an engagement for a city. Uh, in this case, the city um, San Feliu. I'm sorry, I'm still learning it a little bit. Uh, and in my case, it's the city of Leuven. And I think uh, that's already something we have uh, certainly in common. But I'm very curious to hear uh, what is going on in the city of Manuel. And maybe we have much more in common than we think. I think you might, but we'll get to that. So, Manuel, do you, what do you think you two have in common? I have to think about it. Uh, and it's not easy. I have, uh, I suppose we have two main topics we have in common. One, we both need to face similar challenges, uh, increasing population, new crises, such as the coronavirus, the war, we have here the climate change. Nowadays, the complexity of the reality goes beyond human compression because we need to use intelligent tools is, I think is, is the, the most important thing and can help us to face these new challenges and successfully build resilient and sustainable uh, communities. I think is the, the most important thing. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, we'll, we'll dig into that a little bit more coming up. So um, first, I would love to give the guests a little bit of your background story onto who you are, really. Um, so David, maybe you can tell us a bit about your personal background, um, what led you to work for the city of Leuven? Yeah, I uh, became um, active in politics um, in 2012. But before, I was already uh, very active uh, on societal topics, especially climate change. So I have a background as a climate activist, uh, organized, for example, together with many other people, the first climate demonstration in Belgium in 2006. Uh, we also, in 2009, organized a train towards the summit of Copenhagen, the climate summit of Copenhagen. 1,000 Belgians went to Copenhagen with that train to demonstrate and put pressure on that summit. But that summit uh, was a disappointment. Uh, at that time, um, Barack Obama was the, the elected president in the, in the United States. And so the hopes were high that Copenhagen would... Uh, deliver a climate treaty, but it didn't happen. And so we were all a little bit disappointed. And then we were thinking like, okay, if it's not working on that level, then maybe cities can uh, already take their responsibility and uh, do their part of the job. So instead of hoping of change from above, we were turning it upside down and saying like, change can also come from below. And that was for me a reason to become active in local politics, first as a city councillor between 2012 and 2018, and since 2019 as deputy mayor here of the city. And of course, it's one of the reasons why Leuven has such an ambitious climate policy also today. That's a little bit the story. That's a great story, actually, coming really from this bottom-up approach. And I imagine that really brings you further in politics as well, having that experience beforehand. So thanks for sharing. Um, maybe, uh, Manuel, can you give us a little bit of your backstory? <coughs> where do you come from? How did okay, you end up uh, where you are? I started working in Don uh, Hall when the role of public administration was very reduced to a few areas, and did in Spain. Uh, over the past decade, public administration role has been increasing and reaching all the spheres of the everyday in life and the citizens. I find very gratifying being a part of it, of it from my point of view, and that my work can contribute to making the life of people easier and be happier. From technological perspective, that is mine. It's been a personal challenge because when I started working, technology wasn't known in the public administration. It was only used for private companies for a reason. However, in the present, public administration has become a reference, uh, reference sector. Uh, in the field and can use its influence to leading positions to boost and support other sectors. Now it's real. So you, they can also take advantage of the benefits of digital transformation. And in concrete, in San Feliu, this is very important history, uh, we have always been concerned to provide a long-term open source solution that always been one step ahead, being prepared for the future challenges. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so taking this very uh, forward-thinking approach with, with your fighting, work. Fighting, always fighting always every fight. day. Okay, good <laughs> good to hear. Um, it, also something you might have in common. <laughs> um, so uh, I have a question. Uh, if you can describe your city now, um, so that we give a little background of, of your cities, 
If you can describe your city in around three sentences, how would you describe it, David? Mm-hmm. Leuven. Yeah, uh, Leuven is a mid-sized city with 100,000 inhabitants, but also more than 50,000 students. And that makes that this rather small city is, in the same time, a very cosmopolitan and lively city. And um, maybe uh, the third sentence is, it is a growing city. It is growing very, very fastly. So the population is growing, the university is growing, the jobs are growing, and that creates lots of challenges for our city. Yeah, very good. I don't know how many sentences it was, but I, I accept it. More than three. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, maybe, we, can, we can put some commas in there. <laughs> okay. It works. Um, good. Uh, well, Manuel, can you describe uh, San Feliu? I will try in three. Okay. Uh, first, San Feliu is solidary and welcoming. Strictly being a place where newcomers has been embraced and where the diversity of cultures live in a questionary way. Second, I think San Feliu is environmentally friendly, implementing projects in the field of renewable energy, sustainable consumption, and smart mobility, carrying out action to mitigate and adapt to climate change, protecting its natural space. And for my part, I think it's important too, San Feliu is innovate, innovate promoting new types of economy, the orange and silver, and creating programs to support, advise, and incubate accelerating technology-based innovation projects. Have several examples we will see after that are very interesting for young people. Yeah, yeah. The talent, looking for the talent. Absolutely, and and I think it's also interesting to note your location is just six kilometers away yeah. from Barcelona, right? Mm-hmm. So that it has a lot of influence mm-hmm. in the city, correct? Very. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, good. So. I would like to get a little bit more into the projects, initiatives going on in the cities. Um, so, David, what uh, what do you think are the initiatives that are happening in Leuven that are most important um, for the city currently? What are you working on personally as well? Mm-hmm. Well, one of the main projects in our city is called uh, Leuven 2030. That's the goal to become a climate neutral city towards 2030. We know that that's a very hard job. Um, it will be already uh, good if it would be climate neutral towards 2050. But the European Commission selected 100 climate neutral as smart cities, as they call it. It's a European mission. And Leuven has been selected as one of these 100 European cities. And the European Commission expects that we make an acceleration of this climate transition. And so that makes that, again, the goal become 2030 to be climate neutral, which will be, of course, a very uh, tough job. But maybe I can tell something about how we work on it, because that's a little bit, I would say, typical for our city. The key of what we are doing is collaboration. Collaboration. So we know that, for example, the local government cannot declare that Leuven will be climate neutral. We need the engagement of all the stakeholders in this city. And so we created an organization which is called Leuven 2030, in which citizens, civil society organizations, the university, the city itself, businesses, uh, and also uh, public institutions like the bus company, the energy company, they are all coming together in that organizations, in that organization, working together, inspiring each other in order to take steps forward. 
And especially the role of the university is key in it in, because we are blessed with an enormous uh, uh, good qualitative university. And so there is so much expertise also on the technical level mm -hmm. at that university. We have a company like iMac, for example, which is world famous technology uh, company. The fact that we can work together with all these smart people uh, yeah, is an enormous advantage. And so we can only have success when we collaborate with the citywide stakeholders. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Manuel, what, how do you see it? Is there, um, what initiatives are going on in Sapadu? Do you see any um, comparisons there? I'm agree with, with him because we have in common another question from the first question. We have the common 2030 agendas. Mm -hmm. is very, very, very important. The digital agenda, the urban agenda, we have on the, the United Nations and, and the United, uh, European Union agendas. My job is to make innovate from technological point of view. My job is to make innovate projects happen. In my department, we are dedicated to provide some value with technological infrastructure such, such as Brain for IT. It's a product we have made it open source. The town expert system, which enable the collection and exploitation data, as well as the intelligent operation and the scalability of the smart city projects. Also, we are working to concrete examples to have answered to me, uh, make the question, the deployment of the BIM strategy to manage buildings throughout their life cycle efficiently and effectively. Predictive models that anticipate the situation of vulnerability and digital gap and allow reactive and preventive action to municipal uh, services. At the finish, another example is the creation of the operational coordination center to, to resilient and catastrophe unexpected, and we can, we are making it. Um, yeah, that's very nice. So David, how has Leuven really embraced digital innovation then? Um, because we're talking to the chief information officer really on this technological side, and I'm wondering if you know about any kind of innovation uh, initiatives going mm -hmm. on in Leuven. How mm -hmm. is that supporting the sustainability efforts? Mm -hmm. there, there is a lot of innovation going on in our city. Again, the university plays an important role in this. And we are also working together with the university and some other knowledge institutions in what we call the Leuven 2030 Urban Lab. And the Urban Lab is focused on specific innovative uh, projects, also research projects, in order to match them with the needs of the city. And of course, we need all kinds of technological solutions for uh, in, in, in the, the politics that we are doing today. I give an example. In Leuven, there uh, was developed a little, it is a kind of uh, citizen science application, a little um, yeah, um, computer, let's say, that is counting the traffic that is passing uh, in front of a house. So you just put it at the window and it is counting the number of cars, the number of bicycles, the number of heavy traffic, but also the speed of this. So it is uh, called in, in, yeah. in, in Dutch, it's called Telgram. Now it's spreading all over the world. It's even in the United States. Uh, they started with Telgram and in English we call it We Count. We Count. But so we have hundreds of these uh, apparatus 
uh, in all kinds of buildings in Leuven. And so it is a permanent source of information about what is going on in our city on the level of traffic. And so we can use this when we, for example, are making mobility plans for the city, then we use all the all these data we can use to make plans. So it is uh, the basis for making policy. And we are very proud that Telram or WeCount is developed by an organization here in Leuven because as I said, it is all over Europe and even in the United States today. And the same goes for other, um, uh, for other topics. I think data is sometimes they say the new gold, but it is extremely important. For example, when you want to do to realize that climate transition, that transition towards a climate neutral future, the monitoring of it is a very complex thing. And also there, technology can help us and is helping us in order to know, are we effective? Are we having an impact with the measures we are taking? So we are absolutely open for, uh, for all kinds of uh, techno technological innovation that can help us uh, in this uh, transition we are doing. I'm so glad you mentioned uh, Telram also, David, because we're actually going to go visit um, them later today during okay. our city visit too. Okay. So you will get to see it. Mm -hmm. um, see the technology in, in person as I well later today. <laughs> yes, yes, you could take notes, exactly. Um, good. Uh, what about you, Manuel? You, what, is, what innovations are happening not, in San Pedro? Not, yeah. But it's not easy yeah, to compare with work uh, with uh, Without knowing eleven innovation initiatives in DEF, we know that in order to implement innovation, you need to provide your city of a technological infrastructure that allows to do so. For example, we work in development application in the cloud. Then uh, we, in open source, managed infrastructure solution can be reused by any municipality such as Leuven to develop their own projects based on the own units. Then I think is the most important. What I can do, you can do too. Mm -hmm. And is what we do. Yeah, do you also work on this like open source um, kind of topic? Yeah, yeah, that's very important. Uh, when we are working together uh, with uh, companies or organizations, we try as much as possible to have uh, uh, open data. Uh, data can be uh, uh, open for everybody who's interested in it. Open source is absolutely uh, an important uh, an important thing. So no, that's uh, something we are we are following. Yeah. Yeah, good. And and I like that you also, David, also um, alluded to before how important collaboration is, because that's one of the goals of bringing you both here today as well as seeing how we can exchange between Spanish, Belgium cities. Mm -hmm. um, I'm wondering if you can, David, maybe explain how do you think that there could be more cooperation between Spanish cities and Belgium cities? Um, what do you what do you hope also to gain from this exchange? Well, I'm very curious about all the projects going on in uh, the the city of uh, of Manuel, um, San Feliu. Yeah, <laughs> I, I learned it uh, in the meantime. Uh, but um, no, I think cities can help each other uh, a lot. We're Manuel said it already, and I think it's very important. We are all in front of the same challenges. We are all in front of the same problems, uh, etc. And so we can also share solutions, good practices, things that work well. 
And it's such a huge thing we have to do. For example, on the technological level, we're experimenting today a lot with um, sustainable heat projects, for example, like geothermy, aquathermy, etc. We know that the potential is very big in our city, but we are only, only taking the first steps in it. So we are having new projects also on that level of renewable energy, etc., we're always interested in um, yeah, learning of other cities, what are they doing to, to make it work, etc. So I can imagine we can learn a lot from each other. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, what, do, what do you think, Manuel? Um, what do you hope to gain from this exchange? Mm -hmm. This cooperation can be especially positive for these main reasons. I think there are three reasons. First, it will allow to us a change in knowledge and experience improve the capacities, the capacities, uh, and learn from each other. We will also be able to share solutions that have proven to use in our municipalities. Also, you know, makes stronger. <laughs> mm -hmm. By cooperating, we will be able to increase the roles uh, we have at your disposal in order to accelerate and perfectionate the solutions. Mm -hmm. Moreover, San Feliu is actively cooperating with national networks. So Charrezi is a national network of smart cities, intelligent mm -hmm. cities, in the smart city projects and other areas. This cooperation in San Felipe will open the access to other or our respective intrastate networks that mm -hmm. will make possible that benefits of the transfer of the knowledge not only happen with the country, but also between the state members. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that there's, um, I, I hope to gain also maybe a little bit from my perspective and why we brought you two together is um, I think that the cooperation across um, across countries is, it happens, right? You, you see it happening in, in all the networks and all of these things. But sometimes in my experience, what this podcast has done and, and bringing people together on this one-on-one -on -one basis outside is just a little go deeper into some of the core issues mm -hmm. and go deeper into the similar challenges. Um, and also just getting new perspectives. So uh, you come from David, the political side of things. Maybe you're you're working more on this technological side mm -hmm. of things. But bringing together these perspectives usually and um, sometimes sparks new ideas. Mm -hmm. Also, so I'm hoping that this sparks some ideas mm -hmm. between you two as well today. And we're going to go to a nice lunch and talk more off also after this. So mm -hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll inform everyone on on what comes out of this. But. Um, Good. So I, I want to dig deeper into some of like the use cases, projects and, and success stories that you mm -hmm. both have had um, maybe to, to get to these new ideas. So, Manuel, what do you um, consider to be maybe the biggest success story or milestone in your city's journey um, towards you know, sustainability, smart city development? What do you think are these like core milestones? Well, San Felipe implemented a strategy for digital transformation and a smart city. San Felipe 2020 a strategy before the 2030, <laughs> long time yeah. ago, a few years ago. Thanks to this implementation, 120 initiatives were tested and about 80 nowadays of them still active in the present. It's important. Many of the projects include, uh, has been awarded and recognized a good practice and have served to reference for another municipalities. Some examples, the development of the city operating system, it's operating system of the smart city, mm -hmm. and it's a good reference. The transparency portal is to, to the people, citizen goes to take information of our municipality transparent. The uh, document management tool is, we say that the matrix is a 
is a platform you can you have all the information in a document just um, management and you can make any application uh very easy very easy with without make verticals to to have to buy verticals uh being rocket is the bane the political have explained policy i have explained before and now for a new project it's to change the, the 2020 stage we have a local coin a virtual local coin okay you say the rose like the, you have seen we are the city of the rose and it's an integration of a digital coin that aims to boost local business to promote local trade it is proposed as a measure to reactivate and revitalize the economy activity after the impact of the pandemic, uh, where if some risks too, we know uh, because people they maybe they'll have devices or accessibility problems. It's not easy. It's a difficult project, but we think maybe a good, very good project. Mm -hmm. oh, very interesting. I'm um, doing anything similar, David, or uh... <laughs> yeah, I'm looking more from a political perspective yeah. to things uh, but that's that's interesting you know you have the more technical approach and the more political approach um of course the when we're talking about this climate transition mobility has a, a very specific place in uh, in this transition mobility is uh, responsible for 25% of the CO2 emissions in our city. Mm -hmm. So we need to make the shift towards a sustainable mobility. We are trying to do that in all kinds of ways. Uh, for example, promoting bicycles, of course, promoting public transport. There, we the challenge is to have uh, more electrification. We are even thinking about maybe autonomous vehicles in our city. So we are taking the first steps. We're uh, together with IMEC and others uh, preparing a project for uh, an autonomous shuttle uh, going through our city. That's also very technical or technological uh, challenging, let's say. Uh, we also build it um, more than 40, what we call mobi points or e-hubs. And these are places where we have an offer of shared mobility modes like uh, bicycles or uh, cargo bikes, cars. It can be in combination with public transport, etc. And you can find them at certain locations to make them very accessible. But one of our things today, one of the challenges today is also to see how can we do uh, these things in a socially just way, because that's also very important. And therefore, it's a concrete example that I want to give. We're working together with the technology uh, enterprise iMac. Um, and we are developing a system which makes, because you need an app to use a shared mobility mode, mm -hmm. to make that people below a certain income category automatically, when they use the app, have another tarification of it. So, you know, it a is a price. another price okay, to yeah. use it. Mm -hmm. uh, and that makes that you can... Yeah, a discount. So you can uh, make it possible that people with low income, uh, so more the, the people in precarious situations, can also use these vehicles, but uh, pay less for it without that, you know, without anybody know it, you know. So it is, and therefore we need a technological solution 
And that we developed in the recent periods and we want to apply it now. So technology can also help mm -hmm. to uh, organize things in a more social way. Um, and this shared mobility plays more and more an important role. So how to make it ac accessible for everybody that's one of the, uh, the the questions we are uh, answering at the moment. Yeah, very interesting. Are you worried that people will view it as not fair because it's and giving people different prices? Yeah, I'm worried about the fact that, for example, to say it very basically, that poor people has to go to stand in another line, a line for poor people or something uh, like that. Yeah. And that would be very much embarrassing. You know, You're we don't want... People, yeah, yeah, dividing people, etc. So it is... Absolutely defendable, of course, that people with low income has a discount on the price. And so organizing that in a way that, you know, that it's just going in an automatic way, that it's yeah. going automatically. Uh, therefore, we need technological applications. And that we developed in the recent period. And we will imply this now in the coming period. Really interesting. I also, as a communication specialist, also um, see this really close tie between this technological solution and being able to communicate about this is super important so mm -hmm. that we don't see this division between these classes, right? Exactly. So, um, yeah, yeah that's, I love this tie between uh, mm -hmm. having a really good technological solution and being able to communicate it really well to citizens. Mm -hmm. So, um, okay. wonderful. Manuel, I was wondering... Um, uh, if you could talk about any um, any challenges as well, um, do you have any any ideas on on uh, what are the main challenges San Feliu is facing? Well, uh, in San Feliu, I think for us it's very important the connection with national networks. We have a special sensibility, uh, in particular, to collaborate projects at national level that we are part of different networks. With different objectives. We, we have, mm -hmm. I think we have three main parts, the smart territory, the citizen, and the digital administration. We are the three big parts. You know? mm -hmm. And these parts in the smart uh, on territory, in this part, we have, for example, the RECI, I have explained before, a network which we collaborate with smart city projects. And for example, the BIM strategy, we are making now a document uh, to help other cities to deploy a BIM model in the city that we think they can do and we can do the generation of digital twins that is very important today uh, for us. It's a very important project. And if you put in the middle, in the citizen, uh, we, we think that there is uh, innovation projects that are very, very, very important. We, speaking in the... The, the network I said before, we have the Red Impulso, that is a meeting forum for those cities council with the distinction of city of science of innovation. We have this distinction and to see advantage of the definition and implementation of innovate local policies, among others. And in the third part, in the digital administration, we have another networks like the FEM, FEM is a Federation of Spanish Municipalities and Counties. Eh? which we cooperate with issues of innovation, transparency, social services, interoperability, agenda, digital agenda, with another challenges, very, very, very important. And we have uh, also uh, Catalonia administration government that help us with solution in digital administration, free solutions for the municipalities that are 
very, very important to, to finish the, the transformation of the digital administration. Yeah, very good. So that's that must be a challenge coordinating yeah, it, between. It allows eleven to access this or connect with other networks. Maybe, maybe with all the we we are fans from innovation. Eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, David, maybe you can you can allude to some um, main challenges that the city is facing. So, um, what what isn't going very well? Maybe. <laughs> Huh, um, it's the 2030s, the fast approaching, yeah, right? There yeah, must yeah. be a lot of challenges. Yeah, yeah, there are a lot of challenges. As I said, the biggest challenge for us as a city is the fact that we are a fastly growing city, that there are uh, some years, uh, there are uh, there is an increase of 1,000 inhabitants in one year. So in the last 20 years, we welcomed more than 15,000 new inhabitants. And also this this university is growing a lot. So more people, more students, and as I said, also more jobs. And that creates all kinds of challenges on the level of services, on the level of housing policy, on the level of um, mobility. Uh, We often say there is no problem that more than 1,000 people are coming each year. There is only a problem if they all come by car, because then we will. And so we, we need to make many shifts in order to, to be prepared and, and to, be, to be ready for uh, having this growth and having this, uh, you know, it, it should stay livable for everyone. Yeah. And that's, this creates lots, lots, lots of, of challenges. And I think uh, technology can 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 help us a lot. For example, there is a it's just a small example, um, but you know one of the challenges is you have many many students living in the same city as many inhabitants, families with children, etc. While they don't have the same rhythm of life, let's say. So, for <laughs> example, in the city center, there is a lot of problem with noise during the night. On this main road, where there are many, many students during the night, we installed some microphones that are registering the noise that is produced so that we, first of all, we know what is happening. We know how loud the noise is. We know at what hour uh, it is. And with all this data we collected, we are now taking measures in order to try to have a solution for it. And we are doing it with, for example, nudging, uh, nudging methods. For example, uh, less light in the streets or even uh, projections of messages that you can do. And we see that it, we are getting results of it. Uh, if you have, for example, less light in the street, um, people are automatically uh, being more silent because it gives the idea like, we're in the night, uh, and so it's very interesting. It's also a, a, a smart city uh, solution, I think. But uh, you know, before we just said, okay, we send some uh, some policemen, and then uh, the problem will be solved until the next day, and then it starts again. So we are now with all this information, with these microphones we installed, etc., trying to have solutions more in a structural way because yeah. you know many people living together in a relative small city, yeah, creates, of course, all kinds of challenges. 
Absolutely. Information is power and it gives Information you... Information is power, yeah. yeah. I'm agreeing. San Feliu <laughs> has noise problem too. Really? We have big roads and train and it's a big problem. We have monetized this noise and then you can you have to take some decision from this information. We mm -hmm. have a lot of information. Yeah. And then we have to take decisions. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's the important thing. And the, the starting point very often is objectivation, knowing what is going on because, you know, people can also subjectively experience some problems, but then, you know, you, you should be sure about what is happening exactly. For example, mm. the speed of traffic in the street, it happens very often that people are saying like, mm. uh, cars are driving uh, too fast in my street, mm. It's uh, the speed is much too high, etc. And then when you start measuring it, mm. you see that it's not true. That mm -hmm the absolute vast majority of the cars is not riding too fast. But you know, therefore you need to measure it and then you know it. And then if you know, okay, there is a, there is a real problem, then you can take measures, etc. But in that sense, information indeed is the, the having good, correct data is the start for uh, finding solutions or um, just seeing that the problem is not as big as, as we thought. Yeah. I'm yeah. yeah, perfect. Um, I do want to give you a minute um, as an open floor, like I like to give. Um, in case we didn't get the chance yet to talk about anything that you're very passionate about, anything that we uh, didn't touch on yet, um, you don't have to take the open floor, but I always give it as an option. Um, David, have anything in mind um, mm -hmm. that you didn't get the chance to talk about today? Oh, we were talking about technology, but maybe I just want to stress that uh, technology is very much important. Is very much important, but technology is not everything. Technological tools can be part of a solution, but should always fit in a broader. Uh, uh, in a broader approach, I think. For example, when we are when I was talking about the shared mobility modes and how we try in a technolo technological way making them more accessible for low-income people, uh, people with low income, then we see that there is a technological solutions, but there are also other obstacles for people for using, for example, an electric cargo bike. And the obstacle the obstacle can can also be I cannot drive I cannot ride with this bike I never learned it or the obstacle can be I don't understand the language or the obstacle can be uh, I don't know how to uh, use an app to open the and so it should be a combination of technological tools at the one hand and at the at the other hand also other actions you can take for example assisting people learning people we have a, we have a bicycle school cyclist school especially for adult people who didn't learn to ride a bike uh, that can be for example refugees international students but also just ordinary people from leuven uh, they not everybody learned to ride a bike and as an adult it is a it is sometimes difficult to learn these skills and so we created a school where people can learn it because that can be you know also a very stupid obstacle and so i i, I think that's more the the, the holistic approach we need yeah. uh, the approach of at the one hand technological 
solutions and technological tools, very important. And at the other hand, also sometimes very low-tech solutions or just uh, personal or, or let, let, uh, social initiatives, etc., mm -hmm. to uh, take away obstacles. And together, it can be very strong and it can yeah. uh, deliver uh, real solutions and success. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Manuel, did you have anything else that you wanted to add today? Well, we, we I think we have two big problems. One is social problem, the digital cap. I think we have uh, over the table, and the other is we must be resilient to any problem we have. In our cities, Resiliency. Our mm -hmm. We have to resolve these two big problems. And it's not so easy. Yeah? It is important uh, to work in measures of our action that have prevented increasing this digital gap. In San Felipe, we test the pilot of predictive model, I have seen before, uh, of situation with the digital inclusion plan to feign against this, against it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Can It's a predictive model, is what you're talking about? It's a practical project. A practical project. We take measures with uh, application. We have application if, with information, and we mix it with another information with other databases. Mm -hmm. And we can take uh, futures uh, models, yeah. taking this actual information and other information with other places, other databases, is with, with, with big data. Yeah, yeah, with big data. Yeah, makes sense. Um, good. So um, that's it with the main interview part. Now we get to play a little bit uh, into our segment. Um, and this segment that we've chosen for you today is called Shout Out. Shout Out. Mention a person, an organization, or a city you think deserves more recognition in the field. So maybe a unique, um, yeah, organization. A, you can call out a certain person that you think doesn't get enough recognition as well. Oh, so, um, Manuel, do you want to start? Well, uh, <laughs> it's not easy to because uh, thinking in the smart in the city yeah, <laughs> is, is concrete. Yeah. I have to remember one thing. Uh, 10 years ago, more or less, uh, the, when everybody doesn't do anything about their cities or few people, I would like to shout to the City Council of Barcelona. Barcelona, uh, they developed a Sentilo. Sentilo is a platform, uh, sensors that towards platforms that you can take information from IoT uh, devices from the city. Mm -hmm. And they make possible with an open source solution Many municipalities take this information that we haven't, uh, and is a, a solution that we we can work better. And this great project uh, makes for us start working in the smart city area. This was the beginning, again, and it's clear example for how sharing knowledge and tools can make a difference. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, Barcelona was really leading the way. Leading in, the way. In this. Yeah, the first model and, and it's, it's wonderful that was the first uh, open source solution for all municipalities. If we began is, with yeah. this solution, afterward we can, we build the intelligent, we haven't, the brain variety I have explained before, over this, this, this level of IoT, the information you're taking from, from the city, and you put on the city, and then we develop the other parts. We make it over this uh, base uh, layer, layer, layer. Layers, then layer. over the layers. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Do you have a shout out, Thomas? Well, 
I'm also following closely what Barcelona did in the last years, uh, like like Manuel already said. I also went to a, a conference in Barcelona some years ago. It was the conference of the fearless cities. And uh, I uh, I met quite many cities. Another city I know very well and I'm following and I think are doing great work is the, the city council of Grenoble in France, for example, mm-hmm. but also, for example, a city like Amsterdam in uh, in the Netherlands. And when we are talking about more about technological applications, one of the interesting things I see there is the way they are trying to involve uh, the population in making policies, uh, doing participation uh, projects, etc., and also doing it with use of technological platforms. And so it was an inspiration for us to do that also here in Leuven. So we made a program or we, we made a platform which is called Leuven Market Me. And uh, for example, in the beginning of our uh, uh, the period when we started uh, with, the, with the new uh, local government, we organized as well in the streets, as well online, a whole consultation in which people could give inputs, ideas, proposals for the uh, policy agreement that we were making at that moment. And so many, many, many people uh, used that platform, uh, did proposals, and many of these proposals we integrated in the program we want to realize in the coming period. And also people uh, get info now. For example, you did this proposal uh, what is the status of it today? It is applied, it is realized, it's still in the planning, etc. And so I think uh, in the network of the field of cities, the interesting thing, certainly also in Barcelona, what I learned is that uh, digital applications can also help us enormously in uh, involving people with the politics we are doing. And so this... This was an important uh, inspiration, I think, um, and uh, and we're still doing it. We recently, for example, we we we've made a, a, a new mobility plan for our biggest district out of the city center, which is called Kesselo. It's thirty thousand inhabitants. Uh, it was also still a little bit in the COVID period, and so again, we organized a digital platform in which they could. Uh, not only give their IDs, but also, for example, on maps, put signs like here is a dangerous point. Uh, And they could also um, experience a little bit with what is happening if you reorganize a street? What do you think is important? Is it uh, uh, space for cars or do you want more green or do you want uh, 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 separated bike lanes? But the space is limited. So each choice you make has consequences and they could do it, you know, on an online platform and see immediately the consequences of these choices. And so these uh, applications, I think, are very important in politics today. And I learned that from other cities, like I already mentioned. Yeah, yeah. A lot of learning going on between this uh, talking more with uh, finding out more about the use cases that other cities are implying. So um, good. So we have one last question. It's a question we ask every single guest. And it's to you, what is a smart city? Manuel, mm-hmm. you want to go first? Well, in my opinion, the smart city itself is not the goal of uh, we are working to achieve. Let's talk about social, a smart social city instead. Uh, 
yeah. whose ultimate objective is to improve the quality of life of the citizen. To build smart social cities, we must place technology at the service of the people, like he explained before. Yeah. It's necessary to raise the limits of the smart cities and start talking about the smart societies, about cities adapted to their characteristics, because there is not equal smart cities or different, depends on the people, depends on the characteristics of the city. This is a model of an urban development that integrates the city design, socioeconomic viability, and quality of lives see the balance growing of this population. Very good. And yeah, echoes a lot of what David was talking about before, right? This, uh, this holistic approach. Uh, David, to add to that? Mm -hmm. A smart city is a city, in my view, that prepares the future today. So uh, a city that is not uh, postponing or uh, watching away from the problems, that is preparing the future. And uh, we can talk a lot about climate change and the climate transition, etc. But in fact, what we are trying to reach are, is a city that is uh, livable, nice to live in, a city that is affordable for people to live in, a city that is uh, a healthy city, a prosperous city, a city with clean air, all these things. And um, so I think, um, yeah, that's the perspective we should draw. And I think a smart city is also a city that uses all the possible tools existing to reach these goals. And so, um, yeah, that's in my view a smart city. Uh, to be a smart, uh, to be a smart city, I think you need also some smart people. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's very true, and resourceful people. Probably. Resourceful yeah. people, of course. Absolutely. So with that, I want to thank you both um, for being wonderful guests today. Okay. I hope you I hope you enjoyed talking and I'm, I'm excited to also um, see more of Leuven. Thank you so much, David, for welcoming us here today. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Leuven, for inviting us for future possible collaborations. Yeah, absolutely. It was a very nice talk. Uh, so uh, thank you for this podcast, uh, Tamlin, and thank you for the nice dialogue, uh, Manuel. Thank you. And special thanks also to Resi uh, to sponsor the trip of Manuel uh, and make it possible that uh, that your delegation could come to Leuven. Thanks a lot. <laughs> thanks. And to all of our listeners, uh, don't forget you can always create a free account on babel-smartcities.eu to find out more about smart city projects, solutions, implementations, all these cool things happening. Um, and with that, thank you so much. Thank you all for listening. I'll see you at the next stop on the journey to a better urban life.